Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the twenty second of April. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I'm taking you through to nine thirty this morning.、Uh, we are resuming our、uh, traditional format for Asia Pacific Currents. The last couple of weeks. We've either had all news or all feature story, and today we'll have our news from around the region, and then our feature story in the second part of the show. And that second part of the show, we'll be speaking with Mushrefa Mishu. She、um, is an activist, a trade unionist from Bangladesh, speaking on the anniversary of the collapse of Rana Plaza,、uh, which happened on the twenty fourth of April in twenty thirteen. Um, of course, I will announce that Australia Asia Worker Links,、um, who, who are the people that bring you this show,、um, are organising a program of events in the next couple of weeks to commemorate the ten-year anniversary. The first、um, couple of events I'll announce are on、um, Monday, the twenty-fourth of April, and at eight、uh, o'clock in the morning or seven fifty, we'd really like people to get there. We're going to have a commemoration event. At a factory in Thomastown, and this factory is called Kaplan, and it's based at two hundred and sixty-seven Holt、uh, Street in Thomastown.、Um, that's a unionised textiles factory in Thomastown, and the workers there are going to remember and commemorate the lives of their comrades lost、uh, in Bangladesh in the collapse of that building. And then at midday on Monday, the twenty fourth of April, we're going to have an action outside of Just Jeans in the Burke Street Mall, just to acknowledge that、um, major major companies are still purchasing their products from Bangladesh、um, and in basically slave like conditions for those workers. There is a broad call. For groups like Just Jeans to sign on to the Accord, the、uh, Bangladesh Accord on Building and Fire Safety. Now, while that's the international campaign, AAWL remains critical not just of the accord itself in terms of the terms and conditions under the accord, but the process by which that accord came about. Because, of course, AAWL believes in、uh, worker organising, and yes, NGOs, which we are one of, have a role to play. But really,、um, most of this needs to be won through trade union activity, and、uh, in the international space, that isn't. Necessarily being supported for those workers in Bangladesh. <coughs> Excuse me. I will also、um, preamble this show by saying I have a bit of asthma, so if I sound a bit breathy, it's because I am a bit breathy.、Uh, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll press on with the show. Uh, and then the other couple of activities that AAWL are organising to commemorate the ten-year anniversary of、um, the collapse of Rana Plaza. Where、um, we've organised a photo exhibition by the、um, uh, photojournalist and trade unionist Taslima Akhtar, we've actually invited Taslima and another woman, Rupali Akhtar, to visit Australia, and we are just in the final negotiations of getting those visas,、uh, but we're very confident that those two activists will be able to get here. Um, Rupali Akhtar is、uh, actually worked at Rana Plaza and was、um, 
she was actually uh, under the rubble of the building for 18 hours before she was rescued. So um, she'll be our guest here over the next couple of days and she'll be speaking at a public meeting on Monday the 1st of May at 7 o'clock at Solidarity Hall at Trades Hall. The launch of the photo exhibition will be on Friday the 28th of April at Paddy's Gallery at Trades Hall also. Um, So get along to those two events and you'll get to meet these um, incredible women who have been fighting for the last 10 years for justice in Bangladesh's garment industry. So that's all to say that the second part of the show will be speaking with Mushrefa Mishu um, about uh, the uh, collapse of Rana Plaza. Actually, this is an interview I recorded a number of years ago. Mushrefa has since um, uh, become a politician in Bangladesh, but still fighting on the left side of politics. However, she's no longer a grassroots trade union activist, though very pro-worker. But we will kick off now with news from around the region and we're going to start in Kazakhstan where oil workers have been arrested. Over 100 oil workers were arrested on the 11th of April for demonstrating in Kazakhstan's capital, Astana, to highlight their unjust, exploitative and indecent treatment. They were protesting after around 250 oil workers had been fired in the town of Zhanzhouen by the company Ali Bear after it lost a contract with Kazmuna Gaz, the state oil and gas company. In 2011, 17 people were killed and 100 more injured there when security forces brutally ended a peaceful protest of several months over wages and working conditions that involved thousands of people. In meetings with the ILO Committee on Application of Standards, with several ILO officials and with ITUC, the International Trade Union Confederation, on their mission to the country, the government of Kazakhstan has promised to implement the ILO recommendations. However, it's only made modest moves to improve collective dispute resolution processes and simplify industrial action by amending labour legislation. It must go further and promote genuine collective bargaining. It has yet to ensure full freedom of association in law by amending trade union legislation and in practice by facilitating and not obstructing registration of unions. This should include the um, the main trade union of Kazakhstan, which is a trade union of fuel and energy industry workers. And sorry, that's the um, the union representing those oil workers that were arrested in Kazakhstan. Uh, Moving now to the campaign to drop the charges against Elizabeth Tang in Hong Kong, the uh, Council of Global Unions has put out a statement. I'm going to read that to you now. The Council of Global Unions, on behalf of the 200 million workers around the world, expresses its unwavering solidarity with Elizabeth Tang, the General Secretary of the International Domestic Workers Federation, who has been subjected to alleged charges of collusion and arrested by the Hong Kong National Security Police. She's now on bail, awaiting developments in her case. The CGU strongly condemns the arbitrary arrest, detention and travel restrictions imposed on Elizabeth Tang by the Hong Kong authorities. The CGU demands that the government of Hong Kong withdraw the investigation against Elizabeth Tang and drop the charges against all the other trade unionists, democracy activists and human rights defenders who have been pursuing legitimate rights protected under international human rights treaties and labour standards. 
Elizabeth is a leader of the global labour movement. She served as executive director of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions until, until 2011. She led a global network of domestic workers in a campaign that led to the 2011 adoption of ILO Convention 189 concerning decent work for domestic workers. And she built that um, International Domestic Workers Federation into the only global union both representing and led predominantly by women workers. The CGU says that it stands in solidarity with Elizabeth Tang and all trade unionists and democracy activists in Hong Kong who are facing grave threats to their fundamental rights and freedoms and they call for an immediate end to the assault on human rights and for democracy in Hong Kong. The CGU shall pursue all actions necessary to defend the freedom and human rights of Elizabeth and other trade unionists and democracy activists. They say, together we, as fellow democratic representatives of workers worldwide, stand side by side with Elizabeth. Today, tomorrow and forever, withdraw the false charges, respect human rights and the suffering. And we go to Iran now, where uh, more oil workers are on strike in this country. Great opportunity to connect those struggles. Um, A new round of strikes by contracted oil project workers began on the 21st of April, demanding a 79% increase in wages and 20 days of work and 10 days leave. The strike started from the workers of Exir Sanat Company working in the Abadan Refinery Project and then the workers of Abad Rahan and Sikaf Companies of Abadan Oil Refinery also joined the strike. The workers stopped working and a large line of striking workers left the refinery um, site on that day, that being the 21st of April. The strikes of oil project workers spread rapidly. This is while the workers of the third sectors, Arakan and Isales, had already given an ultimatum to resume their protests of their low salaries. Official workers are also demanding the implementation of Article 10 and an increase in their salaries and the talk of a strike formation among them are also high. Thus, oil is in full turmoil and a large line of workers went on strike in this key labour centre. These protests, along with the massive labour protests over the government minimum wage, the massive protests of pensioners and nurses and various labour sectors in the context of the woman life freedom revolution, indicate the movement of society towards powerful nationwide strikes as an important link to empower popular protests. It simply means that the workers have formally entered the movement, which is uh, exciting to see a lot happening in Iran. This story goes on. The strikes of the oil workers have paved the way for the entry of other labour sectors into the strike, and it should be welcomed. Establishing protest organising councils in labour centres is an important step in the preparation and expansion of labour strikes at the national level. In Korea, more um, strike activity in um, this part of the world as well. On the 19th of April, the Korean Metal Workers Union staged a mass protest and announced two nationwide strikes on the 31st of May and another one at some time in July. Korean metal unions argue that the policies will weaken, there there are some slated changes to the legislation in Korea, that those policies will weaken workers' rights and make it harder to organise and negotiate with employers. Over 10,000 KMWU members met in downtown Seoul where the KMWU president, Yoon Jung-hyuk, urged shop floor activists to organise a warning strike on the 31st of May followed by a national strike in July in protest to the anti-labour policies passed by the Yoon Suk-yul regime. 
The KMW is also calling on the government to reform Article 2 and 3 of the Trade Union and Labor Relations Adjustment Act as a necessary step after Korea ratified the ILO Convention 87 and 98 in April 2021. The KMW insists that the amendment is crucial to expand the definition of a worker and protect subcontracted workers' rights to bargaining with primary employers. Existing provisions providing weak protection for striking workers must also be revised. The KMW says that although the bill expands the definition of employer, it doesn't address important aspects like the disruption of the right to strike. The union says fundamental workers' rights are still not fully addressed, but the bill uh, is a step in the right direction. The fight for the revision of the Trade Union Act will continue. And lastly, our story this morning comes from Vietnam, where there are concerns for a Vietnamese journalist following their abduction. Vietnamese police have confirmed the detention of blogger Dong Van Thai three days after his alleged abduction from his home in Bangkok in Thailand on the 13th of April. The International Federation of Journalists condemns the abduction and detention of Thai and calls on the Vietnamese authorities to secure his immediate release. The 41-year-old blogger and asylum seeker, also known as Thai Van Duong, has la- was last seen by his neighbours leaving his home in Bangkok on April 13 at around 11am. During the day, Thai was live streaming on YouTube discussing the recent trial of fellow Vietnamese journalist Nguyen Lan Tang. Later that day, calls and texts to his phone went unanswered. On April 14, neighbours and friends said he did not answer the door when they attended his residence. On April 16, Vietnamese police confirmed they had arrested a person entering Vietnam from Laos without identification, claiming his name was Dong Van Thai. These reports have been refuted by Thai's friends who believe he had no intention of returning to Vietnam. According to Thai's close friends, upon inspection of the blogger's house on Monday, important items, including his identification, wallet, bank cards and laptop, all remained inside. His recently renewed United Nations refugee card also remained, which confirms his refugee status, according to the UN Refugee Council. The blogger is currently detained in a prison in the northern province of Ha Tin in Vietnam. Thai, who has more than... 100,000 followers on his YouTube channel fled Vietnam in 2018 to Thailand, fearing for his life after publishing remarks critical of the Vietnamese government and leaders of the Communist Party. He has since been living in Bangkok under refugee status. That is news from around the region. We're going to go to a community announcement and then our feature story for the morning. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter.
It's 16 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. My feature interview today is Mushrefa Mishu, and actually this is an interview I conducted a couple of years ago for the seven-year anniversary of the collapse of Rana Plaza. So the issues are still the same. There still fails to be justice. Um, the Soleil Rana, the person who owns Rana Plaza, um, was released on bail. He never served time for the collapse. Um here is Mushrefa Mishu. 84th morning, no one, they didn't join, the, join their office and there was a bank and, and no people joined their work place. But only the government workers, only the workers of Rana Plaza, they were forced to join. The time that workers, workers were very worried and they, they asked the owners that we are very afraid, we are scared. The building shows a lot of cracks, so we feel unsafe, we feel insecure, insecure to join the government. Yes, the contact with the owners, owners and the staff, they said everything depends on Allah. That means everything depends on God, so that uh, it depends on God, so that you can uh, you can bathe and life is depends on God, so that you can go, you can join the works. The workers said, "We don't feel safe. We don't feel we feel very insecure to work in this building because look if." Every office, and including banks, they are they're closed because they value their life. But you, you, the owners of the garment, you didn't value our life. But they didn't, the owner's side, they didn't care. And they forced, they repeatedly forced workers to join the workers, uh, join the work as they go into the factories. Then the workers go in, they join the factory, they join their uh, their, their factories and they uh, start seeing, I mean, they start their works. Just immediately after a few minutes, the building collapsed. The whole building was collapsed. So you see the, you see it is because uh, it is because the owners didn't value the, the workers life. That's why we we said that it is not an accident. It is because of the neglect of the neglect of the owners. So it is sort of murders. It is sort of murders the workers. They didn't because they didn't care about the we often we often talk about the 1,100 workers that were murdered in the collapse of Rana Plaza, but we don't often talk about the 2,500 that were injured um, and are probably still living with the injuries from the building collapse. What can you tell me about the survivors of Rana Plaza? What you say? It's a horrible life. They are spending very horrible life because you know the work, the owners, 
they didn't they didn't compensate the workers number one and and those who are survivors they are they are living with with grave injuries you know and they didn't uh, get any proper proper treatment if the workers can take the proper treatments then most of the workers will go tails they will be they will save their they will save from this type of injuries but unfortunately the owners the government didn't care we have seen the brands different brands they gave the money this is sort of a, this is not actually compensation you know according to the law according to to law the owner should should compensate the workers but this owners the government owners the bgma they didn't compensate still so still we are demanding this demanding to the workers to the owners to the government to bgma i think you know bgma bgma is the organization of government owners we demand still we demand for the compensation of workers the owner of the rana plaza you know rana has lot of wealth lot of properties our demand was our demand to the to the government to the bgma from this property sunil rana's property they should compensate the workers and they should they should treatment they should treatment the injured workers but they didn't care the few days or 15 days or 20 days or 10 days they were in they were in hospital those who are the grave injured they were in hospital but after that but after that when they leave hospital or they are some of them most of them are bound to leave the hospital because they were not able to continue their treatment and after that the after that the government and or the government owners the owners the bgma they they didn't care they didn't they didn't care the government the that eu workers how they are how they live their life they didn't care really actually and still this situation is continuing most of the injured workers they are living their horrible life really is very painful life with, with such raving injured they're just living this painful life and what are you calling on the international trade union movement to support how are you building this internationally i think the european people to raise their voices to for, for the highest punishment for the highest punishment uh, 
according to our constitution, according to our local, I mean Bangladeshi constitution, the highest punishment of the owner, the soil runner. And the work that the European people, they should raise their voice for the safe and secure working condition. I mean, the accord with strengthening the building, they're trying to strengthen in the building, but the strengthening the building is not really uh, safe, the, safe and secure, the works like, you know? In the, in the factory, the owners, they are so much autocratic. They are so cruel, they are so inhuman. They didn't care the workers' lives. They abuses the women workers, you know. Here, 85% of the workers are women. And they abuses, they slang the women, the women workers. And they, and they did uh, sexual harassment, sexual harassment to the women workers. The long time we are fighting against this, against this. So, and when they raise their voice for their, for their ways, then the government owners, they call the police, they call the industrial police, and, and they call their local, local uh, hoodlums. To, to attack the uh, attack the government workers, and if if the government if uh, the government workers raise their voice for the holidays, they just for their holidays. You know, the, according to law in Bangladesh, the two days is the government holiday. But workers, after long struggle, after long movement of. Uh, we here we continue a long fight. After that, the owner admitted one day, one day holiday. That's at Friday. But most of the time, we have seen that most of the garment garment owners, they they were they just forced to work in the in the on 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 Friday, and and it is not overtime. So the, in fact, the workers they don't have any holiday, and the but the and the place is not really secured because government owners didn't feel any security here. So if they if if, if they raise their uh, raise their demands, then government owners they just fire them every day. There are thousands of. The, the, the hundreds of workers they fired from the factory without any compensation. It is completely, completely the violation of law. It is completely the violation of our constitution. It is completely the violation of human rights and workers', workers rights. So these brands and the people of the of the European people, if they raise this issue. I I think uh, I think it will uh, it will work. Yes. And now we demand the our our organization. We demand the to increase salaries. That was Mishu, sorry, Mushrefa Mishu speaking about the anniversary of the collapse of Rana Plaza. I told you about some upcoming events. 
Um, check those out on Facebook um, for uh, more details. But the um, photo exhibition will be opening on the 28th of April at Trades Hall at um, six, uh, 6 o'clock in the evening. We'll have um, an official launch, so get to that at Paddy's Gallery. And we'll have a public meeting on the 1st of May, also at Trades Hall in Solidarity Hall, um, with our international guest speakers. Thanks for tuning in to Asia Pacific Currents. Coming up next is Palestine Remembered.